It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, game day. What's going on, everybody? How are we all doing? Let's start off, as always, by taking a look at the standings. Wild card, Sharks sitting in seventh, 54 points, 24 wins, 23 losses, six overtime losses. They are seven points back of second place in the wild card, Dallas, 10 points back of Nashville. So the Sharks, it would be a good time for them to start rattling off some wins. They've won two of their last three. Sounds like Andrew Cogliano is going to be back in the lineup tonight after missing a few days. So let's see what the Sharks can bring against Vegas because I will bring up time and time again, every time the Sharks have gone up against one of the upper echelon teams in the NHL, and yes, I do consider Vegas that even though they have been inconsistent up to this point of the season, I do see a better play a second time around. We can talk about Tampa. We can talk about Boston. We can talk about Pittsburgh. You go down the list. So I think this will be another example of the Sharks playing better than we just saw recently. Um, but obviously they're going to need to play a good game. But without any further ado, talk all things Sharks. We are joined by Corey Massasak of The Athletic. Corey, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing very well, uh, just like you. I, uh, <laughs> I'm curious, man, now that you've been out here for a bit, um, what do you... What's your take on like the, the Sharks' worlds? Um, I mean, you know, my my whole thing is, you know, Bob Bugner is is really really open for a head coach. I mean, he doesn't sugarcoat much. He tries to tell it a lot like it is. And I feel like the Sharks' culture is, um, I don't know, maybe is it different compared to how it was in New York, or you know, do you compare it to any other teams that you've you know just been in contact with while you've been covering hockey? Like, what, what's your what's your take on everything out here? Yeah. Um... That's a kind of an open-ended thing. Um, well, yeah, no, okay. So you're you're right. Let's let's start with like I, I think that, the, um, you know, I, I think Bob Bugner is definitely one of the more open coaches. Um, just I mean, just you know, he I mean he's good with the media, which which you know you can do that a diff- bunch of different ways. But I just think he's, I, I've just sort of been fascinated to hear him talk more about like he talks more about X's and O's mm-hmm. than than I think some other coaches are you know are, are willing to or want to discuss. Um, you know, he just, yeah, he, you know, and, and I think he's, you know, I think he's found a position here where it's like, he, you know, everybody there knows what the situation is. And then this is sort of kind of, you pull back into like the larger, like sharks world. Everybody knows what the situation is right now. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, you know, you, you can positively spin it by saying they're trying to get younger and they're trying to retool the roster and they've got some good prospects coming. So there's a little bit of hope there that wasn't there a couple of years ago. The other side of it is they're, you know, they're stuck and, and, and they're not, you know, they're, we're not really sure where, where it's going and how quickly it's, it's going to get there. Um, so I, I think just, you know, he, there's just a, like a level of like, um, you know, it, it's, you know, he just, he just knows where like, the coach knows where, the, where every, everything is is and what they're trying to do, and it's you know there's I think there's a different level of like I don't know I'm trying to think of what the word is like he's just more 
you know, kind of loose and comfortable, you know, being able to talk about what the situation that they're in, because it, they're not really necessarily being like, oh, well, this is, you know, they're trying to spin something one way or another. Mm-hmm. This, it just kind of is what it is. In terms of the the team on the ice, in terms of what they're they're doing, there's not a lot of offense. I mean, that that's the thing that's amazing to me is like you have any other situation where it's one, one against a team heading into the third, as it was against Boston the other night, it's like, you feel that that should be, if you've only given up one goal going up into the third, you feel like that should be a winnable game. But for the sharks, it's, it's clearly not. I mean, they even had a game. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. might've been um, Pittsburgh when they played them at home recently where, you know, they'd given up two goals go into the third and you feel like that should be a winnable game on your own ice. The, the difference was they just, they hadn't scored and they, they didn't score. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's, you know, I mean, it's just, it's the number one, you know, I sort of wrote about it a little bit the other day, but like, if you're, you know, if we, if we sort of put aside the long-term discussion, which sort of dominates everything right now, just, if you just take the sharks at their word, they're on this path and they think they're going in the right direction and that they want, you know, the plan for next season is to do kind of what they did this year, which is, you know, find, try to find some guys around the core, try to get younger, try to continue to compete for a playoff spot. The number one thing that has to happen is that they've got to, they've got to find other guys, either the people who are here now have to score more, or they have to find some other guys who are going to score more around, you know, it's, they're not going to be able to ask for much more out of, you know, Timo Meyer, Logan Couture, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, um, you know, those guys, you know, we'll see if, if Tomas Hurdles is going to be part of that mix next year, but like, mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's the other guys. It's you know, can is Noah Gregor's finishing luck going to change? Is are they going to is one of the are one of the kids going to come in and, and play on the third or fourth line and chip in you know eight or ten goals? How good can William Eklund be yeah. as a rookie? There's just a whole lot of like, I mean, I mean, some look some of it is like I mean, especially with Gregor, there's there's just some bad luck there. You could run this season back a hundred times and he's <laughs> going to score more goals in like ninety eight of them. Um, whether he gets any better or not. Um, but there, yeah, no, they're just, look, they're, you know, every, he even, I thought it was interesting. Like, like Bob said, you know, every, you look at your opponent and you look at the lineup and I, I feel like I've done this four or five times already since I've been here. You look at, you compare the second line to their second line, the third line to the third line, the, I mean, the top line looks good. Like their top line can, you know, can, can throw haymakers with anybody. It's everybody outside of Logan Couture. And I guess you would call it the bottom eight forwards uh probably just have to be better next year what do you make of how the sharks have done without eric carlson because i I feel that maybe if you know he's a polarizing figure i know you're getting used to the fan base out here but there's a lot of people who improperly frame carlson in and pavelski out which was never you know i don't think it was ever that decision the fans might disagree but um i don't think that was the decision that was being made but I mean, they were great in overtime with Eric Carlson out there on the ice and he goes down and suddenly the team's in a lot of position where you think maybe they could get 50% of those overtime wins and they lose them all. You know, it took until that shootout win against the Islanders. You had, you know, those games on the road right before the All-Star break against, you know, some of the beasts in the East played really good hockey, but couldn't finish it off. They were, um, you know, unfortunately good enough to lose. It was good that they got some points out of those, out of those games. But ultimately, you know, that was to me when, people I, I think should have felt like, Hey, maybe, maybe this Carlson guy is pretty good out there. Yeah. I look, I, th- I think, well, I, th- I think it's twofold. I think you're right. He's obviously like, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's kind of like the defenseman you would drop as the guy you went out there and overtime. So maybe, you know, maybe they, that flips one or two of those overtime games. I think the other part of it though, is that he just, 
he impacts the game so much five on five. Look, they're basically, they're quite literally the worst team in the league at five on five mm-hmm. and all those, uh, and all the like kind of advanced analytic metrics and also just purely in like goals for and goals against, uh, they're, they're getting killed five on five since, since Eric is out of lineup. And that's, you know, that is sort of his, you know, like I, th- I think him and Burns are, are obviously very different types of defensemen. And so, you know, like Carlson, you know, his impact shows up more in, in the five on five stuff. Whereas, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, Burns is a, you know, he's going to log a bunch of minutes and, and get points and run the power play, all that, all those things. Um, but yeah, so like, I think you look back at some of these games that they've lost over the last month or so, and it's not just that they, well, they got to overtime against a good team and they lost, but the fact that that game had to go to overtime is because they didn't have, you know, they, they you know, he, he might be worth one extra goal in any game that he mm-hmm. plays in. And that, well, I don't know why, if that extra goal happens, you know, in any of those games, he goes overtime, it, it doesn't. So it's just, it's just a whole, like, kind of a cumulative thing. I, I get, like, there's, you know, he's being judged against a contract that is, you know, it's it's the contract. There's not, I mean, he's, if you, if you make, a, you know, if, if you count $11.5 million against the salary cap, you're going to be expected to be a Norris Trophy contender. And, and to be honest, he was whenever yeah. he was healthy earlier in the year, uh, but he's still... Even some of his, you know, if he does, if he's if he's not going to have 15 goals and 65 points, people are going to say, well, he's not worth the contract. And so that's just sort of a a standard that he's just, you know, I, there is some, you know, like just some, <laughs> there's like some expectation setting. I think that probably or resetting maybe a little bit with some of these guys where it's like, look, the contracts are the contracts. They're just trying to get as much out of these guys as they can, and. You know, for most of those veteran guys this year, they have actually produced a little bit better than they have in the past couple of years. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what do you make overall of the fan base now? Because you've gotten to know people, I'm sure. You're, you're getting tweets now and messages on The Athletic in the comments. Like, how, how do you view, view things out here? Because, you know, it's the expectation, for better or for worse, was this was a team that contended for 15 years. I mean, they were you know, arguably one of the best teams. They had the most wins. They had the most playoff wins. And, you know, somehow they didn't end up with a with a cup, which, I mean, I still, I mean, you know, before I worked for the Sharks, I was a fan of the Sharks. And, I, I mean, there's still some playoff losses where it just flummox me. And it's unbelievable that it worked out the way it did. And, like, the fans still have that expectation. Yeah, and, and you know, that's kind of deservedly so. Like, they're, you know, they're, I, look, I think they're, um, you know, I, I've been in 100% impressed with how sort of just like the overall like discourse is very like I don't know intelligent is the wrong word to use because that'll make it sound like it wasn't in other places but <laughs> just like yeah like it, it's just it's you know you, you go in like the the comments on my stories or you go in you know if I you know like the replies to some of the, my tweets or whatever it is like it's just people know what's up here and and, and like it's and if, you know for and it's so it it has sparked you know kind of a you know a passionate and nuanced discussion about uh, about where the team is and and just this whole I mean this was one of the it was one of the more fascinating things to me about the job before I got here was just this team that is sort of at this you know, I think I used a phrase the other day when I was talking to somebody about how they're basically at a stop sign and it's like they could go left and they could go straight and they could go right and um, you know, there's everybody has very passionate views about which you know which direction they think they should go, and uh, so yeah, no, I, I think it's, um, you know, there it's it's been a rough look. This is going to be the first time, 
you know, unless something crazy happens, this is going to be the first time in franchise history that they don't make the playoffs for three straight years. Yeah. Even going back to the days of like being an expansion team and you're supposed to get your brains beat in for years or whatever that, I mean, it didn't really happen here. So um, well, the first two years were, were a bit ugly. I, yeah, I can right. attest, <laughs> <laughs> but not for like a prolonged period yeah. of time. Like it will, you know, so they've never really had to deal with like, Oh man, you know, here's year seven without the playoffs or, or whatever. So it's, it's just, yeah, I, I, I absolutely get that. And then there's, you know, you, there's, you know, an argument for and against, you know, how, what's the quickest way to get back to those years where they're you know competing for the president's trophy and, you know, expected to make the conference finals or better or, you know, those types of years. In terms of you brought up Gregor and, you know, just talking about the offense, like you expect a pendulum swing at some point, just because they, you know, the amount of goalies that have stood on their head against the sharks or, you know, just the shots have missed or gone off a crossbar or a post, you know, you, like you feel there should be some sort of like regression to the mean, but I'm also watching this and thinking like, well, okay, if the pendulum isn't going to swing itself, then you have to be the one swinging it. Like, are, is there anything is, uh, that you've seen and that maybe the metrics bear out of why the Sharks are not being rewarded more? Is is it as much of a statistical anomaly as maybe I perceive it to be? I mean, uh, there's a, it's kind of all in degrees, but yeah. I would say... Um, it's like a combination of things, right? Like, so I, I would say specifically for a guy like Gregor, again, like this is even, this is like, it's almost, it's almost comical. Like it, even if you believe, or even if he doesn't become a good NHL player, just any, any, any random NHL player, pick a player out of a hat who is in the NHL would have more goals. Uh, you know, like I said, like 98% of the time uh, on the shots and chances that he has created. It's, 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 there is a discussion to be had about, okay, like what, how many of those chances should he convert and what kind of player can he become as mm -hmm. he gets to 25, 26, or whatever. But it, even, even if you think he's like the worst player in the league, he should have more goals than he, than he has right now. And he's <laughs> clearly not like he's, yeah. he's clearly has a chance to be a pretty good player. So yeah, I mean, that's what makes you know, it so one frustrating, guy. And, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then just even, and it's, you know, it's, I, you know, he's, he's had breakaways that he hasn't scored on. Okay. So maybe there's a finishing ability issue there, but then there's like, um, you know, the one he had the other night that was like kind of a loose puck and he, he had, you know, three fourths of the net and he even had a good shot and the guy just came over and made a crazy save. Like that was, it was that kind of, it's been that kind of year for him. Yeah. Um, I think on a, on a assist, like on a team level, it's, you know, there's a few guys who could probably be expected to score more. There are some, I mean, I, it's also just, especially at forward. I think it's, you know, the biggest thing is still, it's just a talent issue. Like there's. Um, you know, maybe Noah, maybe Noah Gregor and Jonathan Dolan and Rudolph Balsers when he's healthy are just not there to their ceiling yet. Or maybe this is just, you know, they're just not going to be, you know, like high impact guys. And then there's the other guys who are just sort of like trying to find a way and, you know, make a roster or whatever. I just think they're, they're, you know, even, I mean, Bob Bugner even admitted the other day, he's like, look, there's holes and we got to you know figure that out in the coming season. So I think that that's ideally, I think they want to get to a point where, um, you're not relying on kids in on, next to Logan Couture. And then even whenever those kids become men and then are regulars, then they push down some of the other guys and it just sort of creates a cascading effect where the, the four group looks more like what it's supposed to. Yeah, no, for, for sure. But then I'll just play devil's advocate here is like, there is a relatively high expectation among the fan base that William Eklund could be playing against or alongside Logan Couture next year or, or any of the other you know, t top six forwards for the Sharks. Yeah, he's the one. He's the ex. Yeah, I would say he's the exception to the rule, or whatever. You know, like I don't. I of all their of all their prospects slash 
you know, uh, guys like Gregor and Reedy who, who have gotten some initial experience, like he's the one that like is probably going to both be expected to, you know, grow faster in the NHL and become a, a you know an impact guy faster in the NHL, and also, I mean, it's warranted given his, you know, just sort of his his uh, career so far and his his abilities. I I mean, he'll, it is interesting. Like I, I think he'll, you know, it some of it could depend on uh, like just where where he's going to play. Like he's, I think most people think he's going to be a wing, but he has played some center, mm-hmm. um, you know, for like Sweden internationally and. So then that becomes, okay, well, if Hurdle isn't here next year, then, I mean, Eklund would definitely be the most, probably the most talented player that they they would have, whether, even if they tried to trade for someone or they tried to sign for someone, that that person is probably not going to be as talented as William Eklund. So should he just be the next, the, the second line center or whatever? But uh, yeah, no, I think he's, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to put too much on him because as I think as we've seen just around the league, like, got, you know, it's this was something that I've talked to some of the other athletic writers about it. Some it's kind of gone under the radar the past few years, but it's just become a much harder league for teenagers than it, than it was before. Like we, we had this long run of years in the salary cap era where the, you know, the guys who were like top five picks were either great as 18 year olds or 19 year olds or, but you know, they're there. And you look at some of the guys from the past couple drafts and like, you know, Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco and Kirby doc and all these guys who were like high, high picks are still aren't really, what they're they're not get they're basically not getting to the that kind of star ceiling as nearly as quickly as as they used to. So, you know, there's probably going to need to be some patience with, with with William Eklund, but also like it's the excitement level is fair. So. Yeah, no, I mean like the prime example that I think Sharks fans make the comparison to is is Trevor Zegers, but he's 20 now. I mean he's going to be he's going to be 21 in a, in a couple of days. I think people think he's younger than he is because he was this hot prospect. But you're right. I mean it's. It's it's a lot harder for the for the super young guys to come in and be immediately impactful. But as I was talking uh, to uh, Ryan Clark, um, one of your athletic cohorts, he was talking about just how you know th- there's so much more value in these young guys than there ever has been before because of the pandemic. The teams are saying like, hey, where where is the maximum value? And often it is in these younger guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you know look just any, especially for a team that you know, is going to just be sort of working on the margins of the salary cap for at least the next few years. You've got to find, you know, it, it would be great to say that they could go out and just find two more Alex Barabanos, <laughs> uh, you know, like just two, here's, here's two guys who can play in the middle six and they're going to cost a million dollars each, but the, there aren't very many of those guys out right. there. Now, Alex is kind of a, I mean, he's, he's a bit of a unique case just for this year, let alone what he's going to cost for next year and trying to find people to replace it, whatever. So the guys who do cost a million dollars are, you know, Tomas Bordalo and Brandon Coe. And those are the, those are the types of guys who eventually, you know, if you can get them in on and they, they can become solid contributors while they're still on their entry level deals they're Those are definitely the most valuable kind of the most valuable commodities in, in the league, especially for a team up against the cap. Yeah, most definitely. Well, Corey, I'll let you go, man. Cause now you got stuff to do and, uh, you know, those, uh, the house isn't going to win itself. So you got to get back out there, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, I am not a gambler at all. So it's actually, you know, I, I love coming here for the food and just all of the other things that, that are here, but just, yeah, even, even earlier this morning, just walking through the casino to go over to the arena for, for practice. I was like, man, it's weird that I don't even feel a least bit compelled to, you know, drop a, drop a 20 down on a blackjack table. That's good. That's good. I'm sure there's a lot of people who have lost much more money in the last 24 hours. Wish that they were you right now, but uh, I'll let you, I'll let you go, man. And uh, keep up the great work. We'll talk soon. All right. Yep. Thanks for having me again.
Again, that is Corey Massasak of The Athletic, and we are out of time here on The Build-Up. Be sure to join us at 6.30 for pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network. And then at 7, it will be go time between the Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights. And then I will be back with you tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. for Morning Tide. You know, sometimes it's actually, I I do post it a little bit earlier than that. So, uh, you know, it might be up by 6.30 if you're just raring to go. But enjoy the game, everyone. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.